Righto? Not, <laughs> not last Friday, the Friday before. I do a coffee with Troy and Andy every Friday at 7 o'clock, and so that's the reason I see a sunrise. If I didn't have a meeting, I probably wouldn't see a sunrise. Anyway, I was late to our meeting that morning because of that sky. That's sunrise over Warrigal. If you look really closely, you can see Frank and Vicky's caravan just in the, <laughs> at the bottom of that picture, just down the road from our place. God, when God made the world, he made it beautiful. God made the world beautiful. When God made the world, he made humans beautiful too. He made us beautiful inside. He made people who are in perfect, trusting relationship with him. He made us to love him and to love each other perfectly. And he made us to live fully human lives inside of his ways of joy and harmony and truth and fulfillment and peace and purpose and satisfaction. God made people beautiful in his kingdom. But we fell. In the Garden of Eden, we rejected God. We said, no, God, my way, not yours. And thousands of years of striving followed that, striving to be our own king, tribe against tribe, nation against nation, person against person. So we lost sight of the greatness of God and we saw ourselves as great. And greatness became understood as accumulation, wealth, power, fame. I'm greater than you because I have more money than you. I'm greater than you because I have more fame than you, more power than you. I have power over more people than You do. Even among the people of God, the Jews, they were set apart by God to show the world his kingdom. Even in this chosen people, the idea of the kingdom and the rule and reign of God was tied up in the world's understanding of greatness. And then Jesus came. He's God in human flesh and he has the answers. He knows the secrets of the kingdom of God. You know when he says, this is how you should pray, and in that prayer he says, your kingdom come, Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus knows the secrets of the kingdom of God. He knows that even though humans have strayed a long, long way from God's rule and reign in their lives, Jesus knows the answers. He has all of the answers in him. He understands that. He understands the kingdom of God is just where God's rule and reign are. He understands that we can participate in the kingdom of God right now in as much as we surrender to God's way and not ours. He understands that um, God God has this forever kingdom that Jesus is um, really just inaugurating, if you like, or, or beginning this movement of people understanding what the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven actually is. And Jesus has all of the answers for that. He gets that we, we, we're not... In the, kingdom, in the kingdom of heaven, we can enter it now and we can know God and we can surrender to him. And in as much as we surrender to his will and ways, we will, we will experience the kingdom now. Not fully um, and not yet entirely, but right now. This is the now and not yet of the kingdom. Because wherever God's will and ways rule, wherever he's actually in control, that's the kingdom of God. And we can, we can experience it now. But then finally, when we go to be with Jesus, when this earthly life is done for us, either when Jesus returns or we die, um, we will fully experience, you know, where God's rule and reign happen and sin is gone, sin is dealt with. It's the now and not yet of the kingdom. Jesus knows all of this truth. He knows it all. And, he, and he's walking around kind of preaching about it, but 
in this in Matthew 13, we see him get into a boat and step a, and sort of drift away from the shore because the crowd's all massed on the shore. All these people hungry to hear what he has to say, and he's got all this truth to deliver. And he says this: You would have done this in your life group notes this week if you did it. He says a farmer went out to sow some seed. And he tossed some around and some fell in this soil and some fell in that soil and some fell in... And, and this is what happened to the seed. And he said, if you've got ears, listen. And then he walked away. What? Why did he do that? All the truth of what we need is in him. And he understands all of that, but he walks up to a crowd or drifts back from a crowd, tells a story and then walks away. There's no kind of four spiritual laws, there's no propositional truths, there's no like you've got to understand these points of doctrine or you're going to be in, it's just, here's a story, it's inductive, here's a, it's a hook really. Why? Why did he do that? And look at our parables for today. We're in Matthew 13 still, verse 31. Here's another illustration Jesus used. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It's the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree, and birds come and make nests in its branches. Jesus also used this illustration, verse 33. The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough so you got this now stories like these are the way jesus introduces the kingdom of heaven to the crowds the kingdom of heaven is like seed falling into soil the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed the kingdom of heaven is like yeast matthew goes on to tell us in verse 34 jesus always used stories and illustrations like these when speaking to the crowds in fact he never spoke to them without using such parables he's fulfilled what god had spoken through the prophet I will speak to you in parables. I will explain things hidden since the creation of the world. So why this communication method? We find out earlier in this chapter, Jesus has just told the crowd the parable of the sower and the seed. And now he says, he finishes that with anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And his disciples came and asked him, why do you use parables when you talk to the people? It's a good question. He replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. So you're permitted to understand, but others are not. Why aren't they? Because, verse 12, to those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have, will be taken away from them. That's why I use parables, for they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. And this fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, when you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear, and they have closed their eyes. So so their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand. And they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. So who isn't permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom? Verse 12, those who aren't listening. 
Their hearts are hardened. They've closed their eyes in verse 15. Their hard hearts and their closed eyes make them blind and deaf to me, says Jesus, so they can't turn to me and let me heal them. Can you hear the heart of God in that? They won't turn. They can't turn. I want to heal them. But they won't listen. What does God want for those who won't hear him? For those who reject him and insist on their own way? He wants to heal them. He wants them to soften their hearts to him, to open their eyes to him so they can call on him and he can heal them. He wants to bring them into the kingdom of heaven and all the joy of God's will and ways. I love these words of Jesus. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Luke twelve thirty two. Don't you love that verse? So don't be afraid, little flock. For it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. So here is God happily giving the kingdom of heaven to all who have soft hearts and open eyes to God, to all who are humble before God. Jesus was so often frustrated that people wouldn't see it. He'd say things to his disciples like, are you still so blind? Or can't you see it? Well, how, how long have I got to put up with you? You've got so, so little faith. So when they come to him in Matthew 18, as Pete showed us last week, with their thoughts on worldly status and comparisons and asking him, hey, Jesus, who, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He, it's just you can almost feel Jesus going, wow, you know, like little child, come over here. Unless you come like this child. You can't even enter the kingdom of heaven. Unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you'll never get into the kingdom. Greatness is slipped on its head. The great are the humble, and the more humble, the greater. Humility, by the way, as you know, is not, oh, I'm so bad. Humility is just like, oh, I can see God. I see my place and I see God's place. I see who he is and I see who I am. I've got perspective. That's why we have to turn from our sin. Sin is just my way, God, not yours. And you can't do that and be humble. That's why we have to turn from our sins and become like little children in trust and dependence. Because if we can see God... And we acknowledge him for who he is. If our hearts are soft to God and our eyes are open to God, um, then how can we be in defiance of his will and ways? It's not just how big he is. It's not just how great he is. But if, if we can see him, we can, we can know how good he is, how beautiful he is, how right it is. It's not just entry into the kingdom either. The hum- this humility is a state of being in the kingdom. We don't mature into pride. The more mature we are, the more humble we are. It's not immature faith. It's not naive faith. It's just faith that sees God and accepts his will and ways. Sometimes we're tempted to lose our childlike faith. Um, I am anyway. I don't know if you do this. uh, We we get into some area of learning like science or technology or sociology or psychology and we understand that life is complicated and nuanced and, and our theological frameworks get a little bit challenged because we've got... 
sorts of different ideas and thoughts coming at us and someone is is um is sounds very compelling and they're bringing that argument there and we get have these like uh wine and cheese discussions you know those philosophical kind of chats about life and all that and we 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 feel a little bit too smart for god sometimes i don't know if you've ever done that and we say things like and i've said this too even out loud i envy the faith of the simple you know some people just believe and they just go along in whole life happily believing and they hit a a a roadblock and and they just go oh i don't mind i just believe oh you know can you not so I envy the faith of the sin. Have you ever thought that or heard that from someone? I wish, I, wish that, I wish that I was able to just have that kind of naive, blind faith that obviously other people have, but I'm plagued with an, an intelligence. Yeah. And don't worry, I know that some of you have been there in your heads. You know, the leading geneticist in the world doesn't need to dumb down their brain to enter the kingdom of heaven. Do you think God's happy that he made that brain? Don't you think God wants to celebrate with his children all that he's given us? He'd be like, that's a cool brain that I've given you. And I'm loving that you're using it to discover more and more about the things that I've made. Isn't it fun? Isn't it wonderful? Well done, my child. The leading geneticist in the world doesn't need to dumb down anything to enter the kingdom. They just need to see God. And for childlike faith, we don't have to minimize anything. We just need to see God. In fact, we can't achieve the things that God wants us to achieve. We can't be who God wants us to be. Unless we'll see God. Because you know that unless a, a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and, and dies, it just stays small and isolated and alone and cold and useless. We can't be fully human unless we will see God. We can't, we can't, we can't actually find the limits and the, and the joys of our intellect and our you know, meanderings in our philosophy and our psychology and our science and our technology. We can't even find that unless we'll see God. We just need soft hearts towards God for childlike faith. And we need a big enough picture of God. If you ever feel too smart for God, you've got to have another look at God because you need a lens widening experience because you've got to understand how amazing and how far beyond us in every way God is. So let's turn our soft hearts and our open eyes to these parables we're looking at today. Verse 31 of Matthew 13. Here's another illustration Jesus used. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It's the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree and the birds come and make nests in its branches. So how's the kingdom of heaven like a mustard seed? In this way, it starts tiny and gets massive. That's the point of the parable. You know, the kingdom of heaven, it's not small and brown, you know, like a mustard seed. It's like a mustard seed in this way, that it's really tiny and it grows massive. It's, it's tiny and useful for nothing except getting stuck between your teeth. 
Um, but it grows and is useful for lots of things in fertile soil. So it's, a, it's, it's like this, the kingdom is like that in this way in our lives. It's a seed planted in our heart when we first trust Jesus and people around us hardly notice it first. But as that seed dies to itself and breaks open and grows, the kingdom becomes more obvious in us. In a lifetime of trusting Jesus, seeking his ways with humble faith, the kingdom in us grows and grows until our life is planted in the kingdom like a tree that shades and nourishes others and distributes mustard seeds of the kingdom all over the place. Maybe I'm taking the metaphor too far here, but you get the idea. Over time, over time, this little tiny seed, over time, that first decision when you say yes to Jesus, your way, not mine. And over time, the more and more and more of those decisions, and before you know it, you've been useful in the kingdom. That's what the kingdom of heaven is like. starts tiny and grows huge. You can probably think of some people that you know who have grown to be like big trees in the kingdom. And you might even say to them, you are an example to me of of you know the mustard tree look at you look at your life and what you do and they will say you don't know you don't know my heart you don't know my sin because they are humble they can see god which is a mark of maturity that way but you know people when you think about people who've been christians for a while and their life just kind of is kingdom they 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 operate in that god's way not mine they forgive quickly they love quickly they include uh, quickly, this is one of the uh, marks of the kingdom that's really stood out to me is our capacity to bring people into our core group quickly. Because it's easy to be nice to people, but you know when you've got your core, the people that you actually do life with that way, it's a kingdom quality to be able to bring outsiders into the core quickly. You can belong right in the center of this space with us. You know, when you, poke, when you poke people and they leak Jesus, that's another good kind of demonstration of maturity in the kingdom. When I grow, when I grow, I'll write here, when I grow up, I want to be like that. I want to embrace everything God wants for me. And if you're thinking, I've been following Jesus for a while now and I don't feel like a tree in the kingdom, well, maybe you aren't yet. So just get childlike faith. Get humble before God again and go, today, God, you know, your way, not mine. And just get on with growing. Come to God with the trust and dependence of a child. Okay, next parable, verse 33. Jesus also used this illustration. The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she only put a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. Same thing. How's the kingdom like yeast? It starts little, but it changes everything. And it goes everywhere. Because it's not like you slice open bread and go, oh, here's the bit the yeast didn't influence. <laughs> the kingdom enters our lives. Our lives are full of all kinds of things. Jobs, careers, family, kids. We love sport and music and barbecues and shopping and great, well, some people love shopping, and great food. The kingdom enters our lives. And if we've got humble hearts, the kingdom just permeates everything. Uh, youth Dimension, I did a bit of work for Youth Dimension when I was a young adult, and they have this illustration um, which is helpful, actually. It's got all these black and white pictures of 
activities in life, school, jobs, sport, family, recreation, travel, all those sorts of things. And they say, um, just draw something that represents Jesus entering your life that way. And we do this in training. And so people are drawing crosses or churches or that sort of thing. And they just go, no, nah, this is what happens. And they show you another image of all the same activities, but, there's, but they're in colour. And I like that. It's like the kingdom permeates everything. It shifts the way you do family. It shifts the way you love your wife or your husband or the way you treat your, your kids. It moves the way you, you, you know, interact with your next-door neighbours. It, it, it changes the way you do sport. It changes your attitude towards your weekend activities. It changes everything. It permeates everything is what Jesus is saying. It's like yeast. It just starts out little but just influences everything. It permeates everywhere into our 24-7 lives. So these are some pictures of the kingdom Jesus gave us. I've been conscious of the mustard seed and the yeast over the past few weeks. I was conscious this week. On Friday this week, Mark Kaiser, he spoke at his mother's funeral service. And he spoke about his relationship with his mum and his faith in Christ. And he wrestled over what to say. And I was just with him for some of that wrestle. Because he didn't want to offend his non-Christian family, but he really, really wanted to point them to Jesus. It's, just, it's a little thing like a mustard seed. And earlier this week, there's a young couple from outside this church. They asked me to conduct their wedding and to take them through their pre-marriage sessions because here's the quote from the girl. We want to make sure we're honouring God in every aspect of our relationship. Yeah, Jesus said it's like a mustard seed. It starts tiny, but grows huge. And last Sunday on this platform here, Judy put her hand on her son Tim's shoulder after he got baptised and, and, and prayed, asked God that um, he would help her son stay true to Jesus all the days of his life. There were some people here in that um, church service who'd come to support Tim's baptism who've left this church. And part of the reason they've left is because of the way I do what I do. So... We've had strained relationship, but we, we stood out in the foyer there and we shook hands and we chatted and we asked each other how we were and we meant it and we cared and we listened to each other and we wanted the best for each other and it was good. And I thought, it's like yeast, the kingdom. You know, God's will and ways, it just permeates everything, everything, if we've got humble hearts. God's kingdom, his will and ways, it's beyond wonderful, it's bigger and fuller than we can possibly imagine. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you like to see it in its completion? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you like to, I'd, like I always think, I just would love to see where this whole thing goes, God. In fact, I was on this retreat once. Um, in my early leadership journey, I was uh, just two days a week, I, was an, I think I was an intern or I just started a role in a, just two days as an evangelism intern at a church. And we were on a big staff retreat. There was about 20 of us there. And we had an hour. Sometimes on those retreats, you, you get time to just go and, go and listen to God. Go and find a space and just, you know, like uh, however you do it, just um, clear the decks with God and see if God's got anything um, for you. Now, we're at Arthur's Seat. Now, if you know the peninsula, Arthur's Seat's like just a big hill in the middle of um, uh, the, the place. And if you get right up the top there, you can see, or if you, if you get some elevation, you can see the whole kind of vista 
the panorama, especially of the southern peninsula. And where we were, I was, I was um, one of the pastors down at Rosebud. And if you got up to, this, to a lookout there, you could see the whole southern peninsula. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool on this one hour if I could get some elevation and, and see the whole kingdom, right? God's going to sweep across here. All these people are going to get saved. We're going to have revival. It's going to be beautiful. You know, God, if I can just get up and pray looking at the, at the whole peninsula, that'll give me some perspective and, and inspiration. But I couldn't. There was trees everywhere. And I thought, no worries. I'm from the country. I'll climb a tree. I can do that. So I'm climbing this tree. But you know the problem when you climb trees to try and see over other trees? All the trees are the same height, right? So there's always other trees in the way. And so I've wasted 20 minutes in this decision process and getting up this stupid tree. And it's one of those... Uh, it got thinner, the tree, you know, as you go up. So it's starting to, like, move a little bit. I'm not a fan of heights, but it's cr- when you climb trees, there's lots of other trees around. It gives you a false sense of, you know, it's not like there's one tree in the middle of the paddock. That's harder to climb. But when there's lots of trees, you just you feel like you're surrounded by help or something. You're not. But So I was up and up and up and up, and I was consumed with this idea. I want to see. I want to see the kingdom. I want to see the, what God could do. I want to... I need inspiration about what God's going to do in our church and in our, in our work and in our lives. And, and I was frustrated with God. God, I've only got an hour. And so I took one step too far up this tree to try and see, and the branch broke and I fell. Bang, 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 bang. Through the branches, landed on my back. Ow! And I was angry. Ah! I've wasted this whole time and now I'm sore. Um, that way and God I wanted to see the kingdom and in front of my eyes there was a leaf like that going and I felt God in my spirit so clearly say it is right in front of you it's right here it's this conversation you're having with someone it's the way you respond to that insult that came at you It's your decision to go and help your neighbor or not. The kingdom of God is right here. It's every day. It's every interaction. It's every decision. It's when we go, God, your way, not mine. I want your way, not mine. I want your agenda for this day and not mine. It's right now. See, the panorama will happen and God will take care of all of that. What we're called to is to live in this moment right now in the kingdom of God. If we've got soft hearts and open eyes, let's pray. Father, we recognize your love to us and your invitation to us. Uh, to enter your kingdom, to be in your kingdom, where your will and ways, where they reign in our lives. Uh, Father, we trust you. We see the beauty and the joy and the future of that. And we understand that we need humble hearts, God, just to take the next step every moment. And I pray that you would call us right now from wherever we are, from wherever we are, God, to humble hearts that will soften to you, that will see you, that will trust you in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen.